You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Put that in your pipe and smoke it and see what you come up with. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. I am your host, Jamie Arrington. Here with your break from all of the high resource file propaganda out there in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Check us out most weeks iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Subscribe, give us a rating and review, tell your friends, help spread the black and gold gospel. Show's a little different today. We took a break last week, had a lot going on, just couldn't get a show in. But Jason took the time to interview a former baseball great, and it is an incredible interview. And if you're a Southern Miss fan of any kind, I think you're going to enjoy it. So, like I said, lots happening. Can't really get into everything this week. I'm sure we'll sit down and talk it all out next week. Spring football, now in full swing. We are getting ready for the spring game next month. I believe it's going to be on April the 21st. Got a lot of questions to be answered. Who's going to replace Ito? Who's going to replace Corey? Who's going to be throwing them the ball? So really looking forward to seeing what this spring has to bring as far as Southern Miss football goes. Uh, Baseball currently 14-4. Went 3-0 last week. Uh, They're playing as we speak against Southern here at the Pete. So won't have the results of that by the end of this broadcast, but I'm sure we will talk about it next week. Also next week is going to be Pro Day. That's on March the 28th at Southern Miss. All the Golden Eagles giving it a shot, trying to see what they have making it to the National Football League. I did see on a couple couple of places on Twitter where both Ito and Corey lined up six visits to NFL teams, so I'll be curious to see how that list plays out and if they kind of line up with where I think they may have shots at going. Um, Also, uh, a little bit of news, new defensive coordinator this week, or coordinators, uh, safeties coach Tim Billings, who I believe was a coordinator back in the day at Marshall. He is going to be the defensive coordinator. And also co-defense coordinator will be Derek Nicholson, who has been on staff for a couple of years. He is was the D-line coach. They're moving him to linebackers and a co-DC position. But like we've said in the past, defensive coordinators are under Hobson, pretty much like offensive coordinators under Munkin and Fedora, will be fine. And uh, I don't think we'll miss a beat as far as defense goes. Hopefully offense either. Hopefully we, we can uh, keep moving um, upwards and to the top. All right, without any further ado, let's get to the guest this week, Jason Bailey, conducting his first full interview on the show. So shout out to Jason for taking care of this. I really enjoyed it. Please welcome Jason and his guest today, Dusty Haley. On the line with me right now, a member of the mid to late 90s Southern Miss baseball team, he ranks sixth all-time in Southern Miss history with 42 home runs. He amassed 160 RBIs while at Southern Miss, a two-time All-Conference USA uh, performer, also named Best Defensive Conference USA outfielder twice while he was in Hattiesburg. Welcome to the line, Dusty Haley. Dusty, what's up? 
Nothing much, Jason. Thanks for having me on, bro. Yeah, yeah, man. Just you know, sorry we couldn't get you until now. I know that you've kind of been, uh, you, well, you agreed to be on the show several times, and we just could never work it out. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna blame Jamie. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's a lot more uh, important people ahead of me. So. Oh goodness. Well, look. So you know, in in on the podcast, we're able to kind of like dig a little bit deeper into um into things. You know, aside from the radio, like where you kind of pigeonholed into six minute segments, 10 minute segments, stuff like that. So, you know, this, this interview might go, you know, 15 minutes, it might go an hour, whatever. But, um, but yeah, so, so, and, and you and I, I know earlier we were kind of talking about it. You're one of the Southern Miss athletes that was actually a Southern Miss fan and remains a Southern Miss fan and really stays in touch with the athletics program. And I think that you probably got that a lot from your dad, um, can you speak to just the importance of USM athletes and graduates and whatnot, just staying in touch with, with Southern Miss and really, you know, just investing in it after graduation? Yeah, it, it's a it's a tremendously big deal. Um, you know, as you said, I, I grew up a Southern Miss fan. Uh, you know, my dad was a wide receiver at Southern Miss back in the late 60s. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up uh, black and gold. And, um, you know, it's uh it, it's funny you mentioned that too a lot of our buddies the guys that i played with uh uh you know that that live here in madison uh where i live and uh we talk about it all the time um sure. how some of the athletes just leave and you never hear from them again and uh you know we we need guys we need former athletes to uh to invest back in southern miss and that's how you grow fan bases um, it's how you get people, uh, interested again. And look, these fans, they want to see those familiar faces back at the ballpark or, or back at the rock, you know, back at Reed green. They want to see those, those former guys there. So, you know, just to pour back into it, I couldn't imagine it any other way. My dad did it that way. Um, you know, he, he didn't just leave Southern Miss and that was the end of it. He, uh, he, he was taking his kids back to the games. Um, I'll never forget, uh, I'll never forget just, you know, obviously going and seeing, you know, Brett Farr play all the time and, right. uh, Reggie when I was really, really young, but, wow. um, but, but I'll never forget this. I'll never forget, uh, being able to go back to, uh, Pete Taylor Park. I think when I was, uh, probably 11, 12 years old, maybe. And I got to sit up in the booth with John Cox. I don't know how it happened. I think, uh, <laughs> I think maybe he knew the equipment manager or something like that, but I got to sit in the booth with John Cox, uh, just through one inning and listen because I idolized right. John Cox. I mean, he was, he was the voice of the Golden Eagle. And so, uh, growing up listening to him and, um, uh, being able to sit with John Cox during that. And then later on, him calling my own games was special. So it's very easy for me to sit here and say, yeah, give back to Southern Miss when you love it so much. But we've got to do a good job of, you know, of, of telling these kids when that, when they get here. And I don't know who has to do it, but, but somebody's got to sit down with these kids, uh, our, our athletes, our student athletes, uh, girls and boys, uh, and just, just need to let them know that, hey, it's important to, to come back here. And I love what Southern Miss is doing with all this, uh, 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 you know, bringing these athletes back for these, you know, 20th anniversary teams and whatever it may be, Conference USA championship teams. It's great that they do that. Um, but we need, we need to tell them the importance of, you know, being an Eagle Club member and, and, uh, being a season ticket holder and such. So. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, coming back and, um, because I remember like that, the first series this year against Mississippi State, it was a very big deal to have Mississippi State, um, coming to the Pete for a three game set. And, uh, you know, while I'm out there, I'm out there with, uh, in, in the right field roost with, with Todd Maddox, one of my fraternity brothers from college and his dad, Rick, who kind of runs the dugout club. Um, and, yeah. and, and they're just gracious enough to let me kind of hang out. Well, while I'm out there, you know, I see Kirk McCarty walk by. I see, uh, I see Chucky walk by. I see Brian Dozier. Um, probably a bunch of people that I'm forgetting. Uh, Barry Bowden might have been out there. Um, so I'm not to mention like people like Jeff Bauer. I mean, just, just really like the greats. Oh, man. Um, from Southern Miss history. And, and to your point, I think that they, I don't know if a lot of people feel exactly like you and I do, but, it's, number one, it's an honor to me, and number two, I kind of feel like I'm part of a family. So going back and having people back, I, I feel like I'm at least relatable to them. Maybe not athletically, <laughs> but but you know, like but through this Southern Miss tie. Well, you're a good athlete in your own right, but I, I, look, I agree with you 100. It uh, look, I, I get giddy when I see people like that. I mean, I like I said, I, I grew up grew up watching some of the greats and. Uh, Look, these kids, I mean, I, I'll i never forget going to, you know, Pete Taylor Park and getting to run out there. It's such a tradition where you got to run out there on Sunday afternoons. Uh, that's yeah. how kids get invested. Our Junior Eagle Club, such a big deal. Our kids going out at halftime, uh, you know, at the football game. That's how kids get invested in it. So, um, you know, it's it's a tough battle. It's an uphill battle uh, when you're fighting, you know, everything else, uh, you know, around you uh, with other teams and conferences and everything else. But uh, I think it starts at a young age. And, uh, you know, it certainly did for me. And I, I don't know anything else but that. But uh, it's so important, man. I, I do I do get uh, pretty fired up when I see familiar faces there. So Sure. Absolutely. Well, shifting gears just a little bit, but kind of along the same lines. Uh, you're a high school uh, player around the Jackson area in South Jackson, played at Hillcrest Christian. Um, so talk about your recruitment coming out of high school. Uh, man, I I was recruited. It's funny, man. We're going way back. but <laughs> It's only like 25 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a long time. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I was recruited by Hill Denton and uh, finished up in uh, – Finished up in 96 at, uh, Hillcrest. We won a state championship and, um, you know, I ended up, uh, being recruited by Hill Denson. And, uh, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I love Hill Denson so much. I only got to play with him for one year, but, uh, he was so laid back and I'll never forget my recruiting trip. Um, but because you got to understand now, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Southern Miss guy. I'm, I'm black and gold. I bleed it. I'm walking down you know, down to Pete Taylor Park to go meet Hill Denson. Mm-hmm. And and I'm fired up. I mean, I, this is where I want to be. I didn't entertain any other any other scholarship offers. I never went on any other visits. I, I knew I was going there. So I'm walking down there, and it's my dream walking down that big hill at Pete Taylor Park. And I look up, and I'm going to meet Hill Denson, and I look up there in the, uh, uh, in the batting cages over there, and he's flipping hot dogs and hamburgers. They're in a practice. <laughs> <laughs> of course you're in practice <laughs> so i said this is going to be fun this is going to be really fun he said hey come on in here dusty get your hamburger so wow um i knew it would be great so but but you know when i when i was sitting down with him uh he really was trying to sell me on southern miss and i said you know what this guy didn't know 
he doesn't know I'm already eight. I mean, right. he doesn't know I'm not looking at anybody else. <laughs> uh, but, but anyway, I ended up signing there and, and, uh, you know, playing for, for coach Palmer. Look, I'll tell you this, something interesting. Another fact is I'm the only guy, the only player in Southern Miss history to ever have played for coach Denson, coach Palmer and coach Barry while they wore Southern Miss uniform. So I got to taste all three of, you know, their coaching styles. Wow. So, uh, so it, that tells you how long I was there, which is probably sad in itself, but, uh, but I did, I was the only guy, uh, there wasn't anybody left, you know, by the time I was a senior that played for coach Denson. And I actually got to play, uh, that one year in 2001, where it was, uh, coach Barry's first year on staff as an wow. assistant. That is a uh, crazy yeah. stat. So, so the only guy you missed out on was Pete Taylor. That's, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I had to go way back to do that, but, uh. But yeah, we've had some good ones, man. And then, you know, like I said, after that, I, you know, played for, for Coach Palmer for a while. And, uh, the, you know, it's crazy. There, it's three different coaching styles there. And, uh, it's really, they're really unique where, you know, uh, Coach Denson's a laid back guy, uh, players coach. And, uh, Coach Palmer's in your face and, uh, you know, just really hard nosed. And then Coach Barry, I think, is kind of a mix of those two. You get a little bit of both. So, uh, but it, but that was really it, man. I, I knew I wanted to be at Southern Miss and, and, uh, you know, I didn't think anything was going to stop me from, from playing in the black and gold. So you mentioned how coach Palmer was kind of a, uh, you know, kind of a hard ass, <laughs> um, you know, and I, I, my time on the baseball field at Southern Miss is limited, but I remember one day at practice, um, I am solely to thank for doing some extra running that day. It, it was one of those days <laughs> where like the, the television crew was out there, they're going to do a story or something. And so they were filming bits and pieces of practice, and and all we had to do was get two bunts down, and then I think three cuts. Yeah. Well, a bunch of people missed the bunts in a row, and he gathers everybody up, just you know, like really rips us a new one. Says the next person to, to miss a bunt, we're gonna hit that wall. I'm the next person <laughs> up. The very first, You're the, next the very <laughs> first pitch, completely whiffed on a bunt. <laughs> That's you know. about right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so, he, he was hard-nosed, man. Yeah, but, but but the flip side, hey, the first guy giving you a high-five when you do something good in the dugout. So, so so you know, love love Coach Palmer. No doubt. I mean, there, there's plenty, plenty of, of Coach Palmer stories, uh, some that I could tell and, and some that I would never tell over the air. But Yeah, hey, it's a podcast. Uh, We're good. It, <laughs> hey, <laughs> well, I can tell you, I mean, there there's <laughs> – there's a couple, I'll tell you a quick, uh, couple of stories. One, um, uh, we were playing in the dome. I think it was, uh, 90, it may have been 99, 1999. It was a good, good team. We had regional team, uh, a lot of good players on there. And, uh, we, we had just, you know, played really well. I think we beat Tulane and played UNO and, and LSU gave it to us pretty good on, on that last day. And, uh, it, it was ugly. It was just one of those games where everything, you know, went wrong. Uh, when you play a super talented team like that, you can get embarrassed. And we did. And, uh, we got on the bus and, uh, we're, we're all awaiting. And you know this as well as anybody. You're always waiting. You know, Coach Palmer's going to come up and he's going to really give it to you. I mean, you, you know, a lashing's coming <laughs> when you do something pretty bad, especially play that poorly like we did. But he gets on the bus. He sits there and just kind of stares out over the bus um, a little bit. And we're all kind of pondering what he's going to say here. And uh, he said, guys, it's my fault. It's it's my fault. 
and everybody gets to looking and they're looking around at each other going, what, what are you talking about? Is this Coach Palmer? It's his fault? What are you talking about? <laughs> Next breath, he says, uh, it's my fault that I recruited your sorry butt. That's why. <laughs> so, uh, That's awesome. yeah, it, it, it was a lot of, it was a lot of stuff like that. But, uh, you know, Co- Coach Palmer, I, I'll tell you this too. There, there was a time where, uh, I, I think I got interviewed after a game or something like that. And, uh, they asked me, you know, what's it like playing for Coach Palmer? And I said, well, you got to have thick skin. Uh, he's tough. So you, you better have thick skin. Well, I think for the next week or two, Coach Palmer used that phrase uh, <laughs> after every practice. After every practice, he took pride in the fact that you had to have tough skin uh, or thick skin to play for him and be tough to play for him. Right. He took pride in it and he loved it. But I'll say this about Coach Palmer too: it, 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 I don't think I've ever been around another coach that hated the look he did, and it was. There's a big difference. I mean, you, you know, guys love to win and then guys that just cannot sleep when they lose. And that was Coach Palmer. Yeah, and there's there's a ton that can be said for that, for, for having the tough skin, for having that mental toughness yeah. and just that drive to uh, to not to not lose. Like Tiger Woods, like just didn't want to make a bogey. So he didn't make one for like 10 right. years. <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's, right. Um, that's right. Well, so, in, yeah, we, in, real quick, I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned playing at the Pete. Um, the Pete has changed quite a bit uh, since back in the day. So, you know, as far as the, the – what do you remember from playing at the Pete? Just the fans, the intricacies of the ballpark, maybe some of your – a few of your favorite games. And, and also, like, what are some of the amenities there now that you wish maybe that you could have had back then, like a <laughs> locker room, for instance? <laughs> <laughs> I see you were going with that. Uh, look, I, I – I, I'll tell you one thing that has really not changed is, uh, and, and if it has, it's for the better, obviously, but that atmosphere has always been outstanding. Yeah. And it, it's one of the best places to play in college baseball. Um, the right field roost is so unique. Um, uh, you know, I, I'll tell you, I mean, I, it was hard to play out there in center field with all that, you know, that, that set coming, you know, the, Mm-hmm. hamburgers cooking and the sausage and everything, the, the <laughs> crawfish and whatnot blowing out there, but kind of gets distracting. But, um, you know, the, but where you were going with that is, you know, these, these kids, look, I want to look them in the face and tell them how spoiled they are. I mean, it's like, yeah, look, we had, we had a, a locker room across the street and Reed Green Coliseum. I've tried to tell people that they don't believe me. I'm like, no, we, they like, don't we believe like, like they had to stop traffic. <laughs> So we could walk to practice and then walk back over Ashford, like with a, you know, with a, an ice pack on your elbow. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, hey, you know, another thing, not only did you, you know, you, we had to, uh, you know, during the game, uh, we couldn't park over there in the gravel parking lot next to the stadium. So we had to get dressed, grab our bag and walk over there. And, uh, it was only during practice that we could at least drive to the park. Um, so we, we put our fans before ourselves. So, um, <laughs> that's true. But yeah, man, I mean, look, the, the locker room they got now, uh, the, I think that as good as the locker room is, I think the biggest thing and the, the greatest thing to me is the weight room. I mean, it's right there. Those guys can, they don't have to go over, um, you know, to the pain center or, or anything like that, uh, to do any workouts or, you know, kind of like we did or go, uh, to the athletic center and work out. So, everything's right there for them. So they need, you know, they got everything they need to be successful. Um, but man, that, that's, that is a big part to have. Cause I'm going to tell you, and you know it as well. It was miserable 
uh, dressing over there in that locker room. <laughs> so it was really bad. But, yeah, I, uh, I, but I, hey. I, yeah, I definitely, I, I, I couldn't believe it when we first had to do it, but you know, uh, I know. Yeah, I, I, maybe on my recruitment, I should have looked at the locker room first. But uh, yeah, well, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think they take you by that part of it. They just show you the, the you know, the immaculate surface on the field. So look, That's you know, right. and speaking of practice, you know, I remember seeing you putting in extra work after practice. I think like when I was, you know, as soon as Coach Palmer said, you know, practice is over, um, where I probably should have like gotten some extra ground balls. Um, I was going to like penny pitcher night. Uh, I think, you know, I, I see you down there. No, seriously. I, I mean, one of the yeah. one of the reasons that made you so great, I think, was that um, you were willing to put in that extra work. I mean, here you are, you know, uh, first team all conference and just gotten all the accolades you can possibly get. And, you know, you're down there and you're taking extra cuts off a of tee, right? Well, and I'll tell you, it, it that that's something I had to learn, too. It, it was early in my career. Uh, I didn't put that extra work in. I, I was I was that guy that um, just thought I could get by on ability and my athletic ability and everything else. But I knew to be able to compete at that level, I was going to have to put some work in. Uh, you know, so uh, later on in my career, um, yeah, I, I worked out pretty hard. I mean, I got uh, got in the weight room quite a bit and uh, was always hitting down. As, I loved hitting anyway. Uh, you know, so. It wasn't hard to go over there and, and start putting that putting that work in when you when you have a crappy freshman year like I did. You know, starting out really good the season and then and then just losing my confidence and uh, you know going into a slump like I did my freshman year and uh, I didn't want uh, you know I didn't want that feeling again. So uh, putting in that work is uh, you know that's that's where it's at. I mean, uh, look, everybody there is talented, so you got to outwork your neighbor. That's what it's about. So. Absolutely. So, like I said, in the open, um, you are sixth all-time on the home run list at USM. I got a bit of trivia for you. Are you ready? All right. All right. Can you name the five players that are in front of you? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I, I, I you know, I, I, I know that um, uh, Maddox is number one. Right. Mark Maddox. Uh, I, played, I played with Jeff Cook. Cook's number two. Uh, and, That's right. And, and I'm sure I'm sure Cookie takes a lot of pride in that that he he passed me. <laughs> um, I want to say, uh, oh gosh, Fred Cooley, what a great Fred uh, Cooley. That, that guy could hit it. A, he could hit a country mile. Um, and two then more. I would say, oh gosh, um, I know there's some in there that. Uh, oh, uh, let's see. Oh, Tommy Davis. Tommy Davis is one ahead of you at 43. That leaves one person, and I'll give you a hint. Okay. He played catcher. Oh, gosh. Uh, um, oh, my gosh, I played with him. He was a freshman. He was a freshman when I was a senior. Uh, uh, Wilcutt. Brad, Brad Wilcutt, you got it. Wow. Yeah. For Great anybody play. that thinks that Dusty Great Haley play. is not a true Golden Eagle uh, fan, right. you know, it's not for sure. <laughs> Well, it's crazy because I play, I played with or, or watched every one of those guys, and and Tom, I'll tell you this: I'd never tell him to his face, but but Tommy Davis was a hero of mine. I used to love. Uh, he was one of those guys when I was fifteen, sixteen years old, watching at Pete Taylor Park uh, hit him over the trees. I mean, I just I loved him to death. So uh, he, what a great play! All those guys, are great players, really good players. So better hitter, you. <laughs> You, Cheek, or All Britain? 
Oh, Lord have mercy. You just threw the three amigos in there. Uh, man, that, that's hard. I, you know what? I'd say both you can of those say, guys you can, are better. You can say you. I, I'd say both of those guys are better hitters than I was. Oh. Uh, I, I'll take the athletic part and, and the power part. How about that? Gotcha. <laughs> I think I got a beat in home runs, but they're, they're pretty good. So. Yeah. Cheek, honestly, I mean, I mean, both of them were just fantastic and just, yeah, all-time USM greats. Uh, you know, I tell a lot of people the same story, but you know, my my cousin was Michael Roseman, played at Ole Miss, right? Oh yeah, I played with Michael. Sure yeah, did. yeah. I mean, great guy, great player, could run like a deer, had a hose, six five, hit bombs. Uh, well, he, dude, yeah. you know, you know, he was a sandwich pick with the with the Astros. I'm not sure what the signing bonus was, but probably like. A million bucks, or I don't know, somewhere around there. Okay, (laughs) and Scott Cheek went undrafted. So, so in in my eyes, you know, he was one of the guys that, like a lot of people do, but there is such a fine line between um between between the guys that that go that you see playing on TV, and and the guys that never get the shot, you know. so yeah, it just you know just bringing up cheek and and you guys just just kind of takes me back to memory lane. But um, let me let me ask you this: so do you ever still kick around kick it around a little bit? Do you ever get out and hit in the cage, throw the ball around, or anything like that? Not anymore. I you know I had a, a buddy of mine that uh, Justin Estelle, uh who pitched at Mississippi State that I uh, played with at Hillcrest. He was a pitcher. He 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 got a group of us together. Gosh seven, eight years ago, something like that. It was a so Jack? 30-year-old. Yeah, yeah, so Jack. That was we, it. Yeah, we, we played y'all. And, uh, Cliff Wren and I had a team. We played y'all. Y'all <laughs> drilled us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was uh, – I, man, I'll tell you, it, you, you think that uh, – your mind tells you you can do one thing, but your body says something else. That's what I figured out uh, when I tried to play that. But no, no. It was uh, it was pretty bad for me. <laughs> so 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 one game, one at bat. Can you still hit a ninety mile an hour fastball? Absolutely. That's the I, that's exactly what I knew you were gonna say. I'm so glad you did say it because I think the first <laughs> thing to go the first thing to go is is probably like your, your legs. I think, and um and then you can still throw it for a while. Then your arm kind of goes, and then. Yeah. <laughs> Once you like or like getting fisted by like an eighty three mile an hour fastball, it's time to like hang it up. For me, that was about age thirty four. But but guys like you and Ren and Cheek, I know that you can probably step out there when you're forty six years old and still knock it off the wall. So you know, I'm just glad I kind of got to be around it just a little bit. Well, I, I think if you let me hit in the cage for a little while, and then if you told me the fastball was coming. Yes. I think I'd have a chance. That, yes. So, totally agree. Facing a pitcher, uh, facing Nick Sandlin right now, absolutely. Oh, my God. That, that, Wouldn't even step in the box. You couldn't pay me. Yeah, that guy. Step in the box. He's filthy. He's filthy. Did you have any, uh, did you have any game day superstitions? Um, a lot of baseball man, I, guys you know, kind of lean on that. Like, they don't step on the foul. I know I never stepped on the foul line, but, you know, you put this yeah. sock on inside out, whatnot. But just wondering if you ever had any game day superstitions. Man, not really. I, I I was not very superstitious at all. Um, Probably served you well. Yeah, but maybe there were some things that I did uh, routine-wise that that kept me in a you know good rhythm. Uh, maybe if I you know took took twenty cuts a certain way in the cage yesterday and had a good game, 
uh, maybe I'll do the same thing that day, but, but not super, t- uh, superstitious in the fact that I'd wear the same underwear or something like that. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, not that bad. So, okay. So now as far as this year's baseball team, are you keeping up with, with, with the, uh, with the baseball Eagles this year? Absolutely, man. I don't miss a game, <laughs> whether it's on conference USA TV or showing up. Okay. How many home games have you made it to this year? You make it to a bunch of them or just weather permitting or? I've been, uh, I think two, I've been to two, two games. Uh, of course I went to two, the two Mississippi state games, but also, you know, if I can't make it, uh, you know, I'll obviously watch that on the conference USA TV. Um, so we get all the home games, you know, right there on your cell phone or your iPad or whatnot. So you don't, right. you don't miss a pitch. It's great. Right. So the baseball team this year, they're sitting at 11 and four overall, eight and one at the Pete. Um, we've had a couple close losses, but we're still, you know, hanging in there as far as the ranking goes. We're ranked 16th in D1 baseball, 16th in USA Today, coaches poll, number 15 in the NCBWA, and it's number 17 in perfect game. So really, we're kind of holding steady, you know. We're, in, in years past, I, I really don't think that Southern Miss has kind of gotten the benefit of the doubt. Uh, it seems like other teams have, and, you know, here we are, yeah. kind of getting the benefit of the doubt, really not playing up, I don't think. Even though an eleven four record, um, I, I'm not positive we're really hitting on all cylinders at all. So holding on to that ranking is is kind of something to hang your hat on. I think you're exactly right. I mean, I think they are getting the benefit of the doubt. That, that that's not to knock on what they've done this year. I, I think they're getting the benefit of the doubt because of the potential of the team. Mm-hmm. So, I agree. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we played very well. Um, I think Coach Barry tell you that. We just haven't played our best ball. And that's fine. I mean, I, I think this team's trying to find itself right now. Uh, there's a lot of mix and matching uh, going on in the outfield right now. They're, they're just trying to find guys that are going to stick. And so when you do that, you're going to have some mistakes. Uh, you know, like at Ohio State, um, should have won that game, but just had some, some mistakes there. And uh, really just did not play well against Tennessee Martin on that Sunday, the team that we uh, should blow out and did blow out the first two games. But there, there's just uh, – and then you don't hit the baseball uh, very well, uh, you know, against Alabama. Granted, there were some great arms, you know, that they threw at us. My goodness, you're um, right. Yeah, they threw some really good arms. But, you know, the, the, the chemistry is not there yet. And, you know, I've talked about chemistry with – uh, you know, guys that I've, that I've worked with, I've talked to, uh, you know, to coach Barry about it. I've talked to other coaches about it. It's something you, you really, you can't coach. You can't teach it. Uh, it's something that has to kind of come naturally. Now there, there's things you can do to, uh, to help build chemistry. Uh, I don't know, send them to the movies together and make them eat together, but, um, something's not clicking there yet. And, and they've got to find the lineup. They've got to find guys to stick in the outfield. And they got to, you know, have some guys know their role on the team. And right now, I just don't think we've, you know, they've found what these guys' roles are going to be, you know, going forward. The talent's not the issue. I mean, it's really there. Like, uh, a lot of these guys that they're mixing and matching and playing different lineups and playing different positions here and there, uh, those guys are talented. Uh, but it's hard to do, uh, you know, when you, when you play one game here or two games there. Um, you know, Mason, Mason Irby's a great player. I mean, that, that kid was a big time, very instrumental uh, to our success last year. And he comes out of the gate and he starts out in the slump. And, uh, 
Uh, I've been through that before, and the kid just has to keep swinging. In the last two games, those swings have looked like Mason Irby swings. He's going to come out of it. Uh, he's too too good of a player not to. Um, but then, you know, also finding finding the rotation, you got some guys injured. Colt Smith out. Uh, Walker Powell's just coming off this arm surgery. Uh, I, I think he's looked better and better each time out. Now, the runs may not reflect it. The ERA may not reflect it. But I guarantee you the location's reflected it. The last outing, he was much better with his location. So I'm thinking he's going to get better and better and better uh, as the year goes. Stevie Powers is, uh, my gosh, man, he, he looks uh, just like a different pitcher this year. He's located. Uh, mm-hmm. He's always had stuff. Uh, and I think Ostrander's come in and, and helped him develop another pitch, maybe a slide or something like that. But, but he's located. And that's the name of the game at this, uh, at this level. And so, man, I, I'm fired up about it. Yeah, well, you know, and, and as a reliever, uh, I mean, a reliever's point of view or, you know, your approach to coming in the game is, is different than a starter. I mean, as, as a reliever, like last year he came in middle relief, he usually came in, got you out of a jam, got you through the next inning, and really you could go 105% every pitch. Well, yeah, as you know, effort. yeah, well, and, you know, as a starter, you know, you can, you can, you realize that you, you might not go to that hundred, hundred and plus percent, you know, that many times. You know, you save them, you use them the entire game to get through. And you know, talking about last year's team versus this year's team, um, we have, the, you know, we have the same exact number of wins this year as we did last year, a fifty-win year. So you know, everybody's kind of, I mean, not not jumping off the boat or anything, but it's it's great to have expectations that high. And it's also a little unrealistic. Fifty wins ain't gonna happen that often. But but it's it's very it's, unrealistic. Yeah, but but it's 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 um it's nice that our fans can kind of um they can I mean not expect that but but realize that it's possible and 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 be able to you know be able to kind of just look forward to to outstanding seasons year in and year out and then that's what you do with building a program. So it's you know people talk like, speaking of speaking of uh. Last year to this year, uh, Walner, people hadn't, you know, he hadn't hit a home run until the last series. He had that walk-off shot, which was awesome. Um, last year at this point, he was hitting 250 with zero homers. This year, he's hitting 283 with one homer. So he's actually ahead of the curve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Baseball's a long season, man. Uh, look, I'll say this first. I, I love the fact, uh, that our fans expect greatness and, that, uh, look, we've been good for a long time in baseball. We we should be revered by people um, because we're a top program. In my mind, we're a top 25 program. And so um, I love that they, they look at it that way, but I'm also realistic to the point, uh, you know, that we're not going to win every game. I mean, you're going to lose to people, uh, and I've had this conversation a lot of times, you're going to lose to people that, that you shouldn't lose to. That's baseball. Um it just is. You get a guy on the mound that, that throws 90, um, and, and, you know, he doesn't have any defense behind him and can't hardly score your runs. That one guy can beat you. So, uh, it just, just happens that way. But, but look, I'm never jumping off the boat, uh, with a guy that's struggling early in the year, like Irving. I, I, I know he's going to hit. I know Walner's going to start hitting. Um, he struggled a little bit, you know, but, um, some of those guys who get out, they may get out there kind of like we did in 01. I mean, we, we pressed a lot. I mean, it was the worst, one of the worst teams in, in our history. And we were very, very talented. Mm-hmm. Preseason top 25, 
pick to win the conference, you name it. And we couldn't beat anybody. It just, was yeah, just, just couldn't put it together. You never got that chemistry flowing like you were talking about earlier. That, that's right. Chemistry was really never there. And, uh, you know, when, when you're slumping and, and things aren't going your way, you feel like there's 15 defenders out there. So, uh, but they're going to get going. I, they're too talented not to, and they're, they're still winning. That's the thing about right. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Winning. Yeah. The last, the last three minutes of you and I talking sounds like we started off like 0 and 15 or something. We're, we're 11 and yeah. 4 ranked in the top 20 <laughs> in the country. So that speaks to those expectations and, and that's fine. You know, that's where you want your program to be. You, you got one of the, like I said again earlier, you got one of the best coaches in the country in Scott Barry. Uh, I'll say that till, till I die. Um, you got a, you got a great coaching staff. Look, I was very, very close to, uh, to Mike Federico, uh, played with him for one year. He was a, a, a grad assistant coach, uh, you know, in my second year. And, uh, I was really fond of him, but I have heard nothing but great things about Coach Ostrander. I mean, I've heard nothing but good things about it. So, um, this is a good coach, coaching staff. Coach Kai has been there a long time. Uh, he coaches the hitters well. You got one of the all time greats and, uh, B.A. Volmuth in there, uh, talking to hitters. I love the way they, they operate that. Um, you got a great staff, man. They'll, they're going to have this team playing winning baseball, but you cannot control how a team's going to be playing from from one end of the season to the other. That's what you just can't do. We came out last year, and we played out of our minds the entire season, and then just right when we got into conference play, for some reason we just weren't playing very well and uh, carried over into a regional. And now uh, we're seeing a little bit – hopefully, look, if you can play the, your best ball at the end of the year, that's all that matters. I, I care less about anything that goes on other than that. So – and that's something you can't you can't predict. You can't forecast that. So, but hopefully they'll be playing a little bit better um, as as they get some continuity and uh, really get get some guys that um, you know that are that are sticklers in the in the outfield. I mean, we got to have some guys uh, really put their their stamp on that position and step up and take it. I mean, look, he Coach Barry's given plenty of opportunity. Everybody's playing. I mean, he played That's true. Montenegro, and I mean, he's playing everybody uh, from, from you know, I don't know. There may be one guy on the bench that hasn't played very much, but everybody's getting an opportunity. And when you get that opportunity, you better not look like an idiot at the plate. Um, and, I, and I don't say that in a mean way. I say that that you're, if, you, if you get out, it's not a big deal, but you're at bat, better not be bad. You can't go up there and swing three times and, and take a seat. Right. You know, uh, three out of your four bats. You got to go up there and compete. And it's like I talked to a lot of these guys, uh, uh, you know, a lot of my friends about this stuff is, you know, guys that come in and they're, they're new to the system. They're, they're, they're new to division one baseball. Maybe they're a Juco guy. Sometimes it can be a little bit overwhelming for them. They, they come in and the game's fast and everybody, everybody's, uh, a good pitcher. Uh, you're not, you're not, uh, accustomed to playing in front of 5,000 fans. Uh, I can guarantee you that 15,000 in one weekend, like they did opening weekend. Um, everything moves a little bit fast and your confidence kind of can kind of be shattered a little bit if you don't play well. Um, but I can tell you those guys are there for a reason. They're good baseball players. They just got to start believing that they belong. That was Dusty freaking Haley, everybody, if you need him. Dusty, thank you 
so much for coming on the show. I know we've, <laughs> I don't know how it's going to come out when we actually put the recording out, but you guys, we've had some technical difficulties <laughs> a few different times, but he's been a good sport about it. He's hung on the line with us. And, um, and thank you again so much for coming on. You guys, if, if, you know, if you want to, uh, listen to, to the top talk, of course, you can listen to it however you're listening to it right now, but tell your friends about it. Um, you can find us on Twitter at to the top talk. Same thing with, uh, Facebook. We'll have this episode out soon. You can follow Dusty. At D Haley 26. He's a fantastic follow if you're a Golden Eagle fan. Um, so Dusty, let me just final question before I let you go. Um, do you have any final words for the Golden Eagle faithful out there? Hey man, to the top. Look, we're, we're in good shape. Southern Miss is in a good place. We need to get everybody out to the, to the ball games. The best thing you can ever do is just talk positive about Southern Miss. That was Dusty Haley. You know, Dusty's a guy that I really enjoyed watch, watching when he was coming up. I was about to say when I was growing up, but I think we're close to the same age. But I love watching him when he was out there at the Pete. He was a guy that when he came up to bat, you just had to you had to check it out. Because, you know, he could go yard at any time. I think his dad sat up near my dad in the stands um, back around that time as well. So, man, I really enjoyed that. I hope you guys did too. Dusty, thanks so much for coming on. You guys follow him on Twitter at D Haley 26. All right. Um, contrary to what he just said, let's keep it positive. I'm going to try to keep, I'm going to keep it positive, but let's talk a little basketball. And if you guys follow me on Twitter, you've listened to the show in the past, you know that Jason and I, I've been a little more vocal about it than Jason has. Um, that I just never really thought Doc Sadler was a great fit here at Southern Miss. God bless him for hanging in there during the tough times, but it just never really, just never felt like the, you know, like Southern Miss was where he was supposed to be, you know. Uh, I'm not going to slam on the guy. I mean, that second to last game that we played in the conference tournament was the most exciting thing to happen in basketball in what since 2012. So, um. Shout out to, to Doc and the boys for making that happen. But on the flip side of that, you can't forget, you know, we've still got a long ways to go. This year we were 16 and 18 on the year, which sounds good. But when you take away the, you know, non-Division one games, uh, that drops you down to 12 and 18 on the year. You still got a lot of work to do. RPI on the year, we only had one win in the top 175. And not having a winning record, only having one top 175 win, to me, that's not enough to warrant an extension. I don't think a Southern Miss coach should ever get an extension, barring some insane circumstance, should never get an ex- extension after uh, unless they have a winning season. I, I think that should be a prerequisite. You know, I, you could kind of see Munkin was heading things, things were going in the right direction. But Doc had this auto-renew contract that makes no sense to me. Um, was it fair to Doc to extend his contract by a year? Fair to him, probably so. It's a tough situation here at Southern Miss. Fair to Southern Miss? I beg to differ. I, I don't. I think that, you know, this next season is shaping up to be the most talented Doc's had on the roster. You know, probably the best Southern Miss basketball team. We've, well, certainly the most talented basketball team we've had in his tenure and if it doesn't go well, you're stuck for another three years. I mean, 
that's we can't afford to buy them out. So it has to go well. If it doesn't, you know, it, it, we need some excitement. We need some fresh air breathed into the basketball program. And when I see people out there on Twitter, especially graduate assistant coaches, tweeting about, oh, how lucky we are. I hope Southern Miss fans realize how lucky they are to have Doc Sadler. Give me a break. Doc Sadler is lucky to have a head coaching job at Southern Miss. If you heard any, I haven't heard any chatter. I mean, he interviewed for jobs before he got to Southern Miss, couldn't get a sniff. His buddy Bill McGillis brought him in. And I don't have anything personal against the guy. I just don't think we should have, it, the, the fit was right. You know, I hope he wins. I will be the, his biggest fan if he can get us back to winning seasons and to the NCAA tournament and pack the, but there's a reason that people aren't in the bleachers. You know, there's a reason that attendance is, and it all can't be blamed on the NCAA sanctions. You could tell things were going south prior to when, um, when there was even any kind of chatter about the NCAA sanctions. So I hope he gets it together because he's our only shot right now. We need some excitement in basketball. We need some good things to happen as far as this Coliseum renovation thing goes. We need some excitement. We need some people on board. We need some fresh air because it's really, I mean, you can look in the stands and tell what the Southern Miss fan base thinks about the situation. Now, that win against Middle Tennessee State went a long way into restoring the confidence of the fan base. But at the same time, that was one win. I mean, you look throughout the season and some of the teams we lost, we got blown out, what, a week, two weeks before that when we took on UTEP, the number 289th ranked RPI team in the country, beat us 73-44. to Did we just forget that that happened at all? I mean, to me, that's unacceptable. I know you're going to play – you're going to have some sloppy games. You're going to lose some games, but – um, you got to look back through the season. And you you just look through the schedule, look at the teams we played, look at the teams we beat. We had an excellent run at home. We had a terrible run on the road. That win against Middle Tennessee was great. It was exciting. The guys were hitting their shots. They were playing hard. Um, and then, you know, Marshall was just a little too much the next game. I, I don't think anybody expected us to beat Marshall. But next year, with the talent they've got coming back, the talent they've got coming in, a winning season has to be in the cards. If I'm sorry, if you can't get a winning season at that point, it, it's time to move on. It's time for us to get somebody else in here who's going to make an effort to make it happen. I mean, anything less than a winning season, winning season should be the floor here. And I totally, like I said, I totally get what happened. I know Doc's a good guy. I know that you know he's a guy that people like, but hasn't made an effort to get out and meet people, know people. I mean, it doesn't really endear to the fan base. So. I wish him well. I hope great things happen. Um, I'm not going to say I'm wrong because everything, my opinion on him is just facts from the past. Um, We've gotten slightly better, but not really a lot better. You know, I know it's tough. You got to have somebody who doesn't give a damn about playing in Reed Green. They're going to go out and go after whoever they want to go after. They're, you know, you need somebody that just wants to be here and is is that understands the situation that they're in. It doesn't make excuses for it. And I, I mean, not to not to pile on, but uh, UMBC. I don't know if you caught any of that. I have to admit, I did that. I did watch a little bit of the tournament. I wasn't planning on it, but when when I saw on Twitter where they were up, I was like, I got to turn this on and watch it. So UMBC, University of Maryland, Baltimore County. The first 16 seed to ever defeat a one seed. Defeat the number one seed in the whole tournament against Virginia. Well, that program has only won one other Division One game, and that was against Doc Sadler's Nebraska team. 
<laughs> so, and there was a guy sitting out that night. I, I looked at the article. I mean, you know, there's circumstances that happen, that type of stuff. But, I mean, didn't have a great run in Nebraska. Only had, what, a year or two uh, solid teams at uh, UTEP. So, I don't know. I hope he gets it together. I hope by the time he leaves here, we build him a statue. But I don't need people tagging me on Twitter when he gets signed for an extension. Like, it's, oh, we got you. It's like, I don't, you know, no, he just, he didn't deserve it. I'm sorry. John Gil, I'd see why John Gilbert made that decision. But there's no, you, you don't need to heckle people, Southern Miss fans, when Southern Miss wins. <laughs> it's ridiculous. People just have a different opinion about the direction the program should be going. And if you look in the stands, you can see that that is the opinion of the majority. All right, off my soapbox. I'm sure me and Jason will get into it some next week. But uh, let's shut it down, man. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Next week, we should be back to normal. Um, shout out to Jason for making this interview happen. Shout out to Dusty Haley. Like I said, follow him on Twitter at dhaley26. You can follow us at to the top talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. Jason at Bumper J Bailey. Facebook as well to the top talk. Jamie Arrington comedy. Next week it's going to be around the t- about around the time of pro day. I don't know what day we're going to record on, but uh, maybe we'll wait till that's over. Maybe not. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but uh, keep up with us. Follow us on all the sites. If you love the show, tell your friends. If you don't love the show, tell your friends. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. <laughs>